Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey, everybody. I'm your host, Robbie Straczynski. Thank you so much for joining us on episode number 93 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. Today's guest is Ashley Frank, a.k.a. Poker Face Ash. Ashley is a popular poker vlogger from Scottsdale, Arizona, who enjoys both tournament and cash game poker action. Currently, she has over 21,000 subscribers, which she's amassed over 39 vlog episodes that she's produced since starting out at the beginning of 2021. On today's show, we'll get to know Ashley a little bit better. Ashley Frank, welcome to the Cards Chat Podcast. Hey, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> cool to have you on. And uh, as we were talking uh, briefly before we uh, hit the record button, uh, you know, and just, you know, it's always good to, to be open with the audience. Like you're in 93 episodes, this is the first time who, you know, I didn't really know at all who, you know, who's going to be on the other <laughs> in the other cube. So I'm not just looking forward to getting to know you a little better, but to really get to know you a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not very familiar with Cards Chat as well, so I'm excited to get to know your space a little bit as well. <laughs> Excellent. And plus, you know, as everyone knows, you know, besides the questions that, you know, we prepare to, to interview, there's, of course, the Cards Chat community questions where, you know, we let everyone know that uh, so-and-so is going to be on the next episode and they'll be, you know, they, they got, you got some big fans, lots of questions for you uh, <laughs> coming up towards the end of this show. So, um, you know, we got to start from the beginning, cast a, a wide net. How did you uh, originally get into poker, Ashley? Um, in college, I played basketball and uh, my team would have team game nights. And one of the nights our coach decided to teach us poker. And one of my friends, after we played, she was like, have you heard of Full Tilt? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went on there, lost some money, learned, you know, learned about poker, learned that it's, you know, a strategic game. And that's where it all started really in college. Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. So you say it all started, but I mean, okay. First of all, where did you go to college and what was your major? Yeah. So I went to Southwestern College. Um, it's a local school here in Phoenix, Arizona, and mm -hmm. I majored in behavioral health with a minor in biblical studies. Um, at the time I was into um, like church and stuff. So, uh, but now I really didn't use my degree at all, but I did. Right. I, it's basically like a counseling degree. Interesting. Oh, because yeah. I get used to, to speaking with, with people. So that's a pretty good thing. Um, yeah. So I'm just curious. You said, you know, that's where it all started with poker, you know, in the college realm with your teammates. What, I mean, I, clearly that's not what you grew up thinking you, that you'd be doing, you know, being a professional poker player and vlogger. So, you know, with that degree, you know, what was that sort of the plan going to that sort of, I guess, behavioral sciences or, or, you know, what were you thinking to do before becoming a poker player? I'm not sure. Actually, I I've done a little bit of everything in my life. I, I was actually, so after my college basketball career was over, I was super sad. I wanted to stay into basketball. It was my life. So I went, I coached college basketball for a while. So I thought for a long time, I'd be a basketball coach. That's, that's what I wanted to do. But while I was doing that, I also grew up in music. So I actually uh, played in a few bands. So I was in like a jazz band and some other stuff like that. I played piano. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I, if you told me that five years ago that I'd be doing this right now, I would not have believed any of it. <laughs> it's <Wow>. crazy. <laughs> that is crazy. So, yeah. and it's funny because like five years is not a very long time, you know, in the grand scheme of things. A lot has things. changed. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, what is it about poker that, that hooked you and, you know, you were able with all of your different various interests to say, 
okay, I know it. This is the thing. This is what I want to do. Exactly. I, I think all of those things and interests that I have kind of played a part into why I fell in love with poker. Like after my basketball career, like poker kind of fueled that competitive side of me. And I was like, oh, I can still compete, even though not necessarily physically like you would in a basketball game, but mentally, you know, it's a competitive thing. You have to outsmart and outthink your opponents and study and get better at the game, which I love that aspect. And then my other side of me, which is like this creative side, which, you know, I write music and, you know, I've played in bands and stuff. I love that. Like you can kind of be creative in poker, but that also more translates into my vlog because Mm -hmm. I'm vlogging. I can be creative and I can do what I want and I can make a story and, and, you know, all these things. So all those components is why I think I fell in love with poker. So that's interesting because you were saying five years, five years ago is 2017, but you mentioned, you know, full tilt. That was a long time before. Yeah. Yeah. So what happened? You know, like before Black Friday till 2017, what's going <laughs> That's on? That's actually a good point. You're exactly right. Because I went to college way long time ago. Um, I, I, yeah, <laughs> I, I did not truly tar- start taking poker seriously until about five, four, four-ish years ago. So mm-hmm. uh, up until four years ago, I played like kind of online here and there when I had time. I didn't really study, didn't take it serious. I wanted to, but didn't kind of know how to. I'll, and I was just busy working and playing mm-hmm. in bands and traveling and coaching basketball. So I didn't really fully get into it until about four years ago. 2018 was like my first real go of it, I guess. Uh-huh. Was that was there like a, a critical moment, like a big tournament that you won or like an aha type of thing at the tables were like, okay, now like something clicked. Did that just sort of happen? Yeah, I guess I went to the World Series. I think it was 2017 or 18. And I thought I was good at poker like everybody does. And I just, I looking back, I was just absolutely terrible at poker. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I ended up, I ended up playing this daily deep stack at the Rio at uh, the World Series. And there was 1,200 entries and I got fourth for $13,000. And at the time, that was just like so much money. And the fact that I won it playing poker, I'm like, I could do this, you know, for a living. Yeah. <laughs> um, so after I got home from the World Series that year, I went home and I started playing more cash games and I got confident and, you know, you know, like kind of things spiral in a good way after you win a tournament. It's like, you Mm -hmm. can't lose type of thing. And so I was just like, kind of built up my bankroll, but then also started like studying and taking it more seriously. So that kind of propelled me to even just like have a real poker bankroll at the time. Cause I was just playing one, two, like I didn't need a a huge (laughs) bankroll. So that kind of sparked everything. And honestly, that's what fueled my love for tournaments because I only played cash games before I start, like took a little, some shots at the world series. And then when I hit that to me, big score at the time, I was like, oh, I want to play more tournaments. So <laughs> For sure. I mean, everything you're saying, you know, kind of resonates with, you know, a lot of us, you know, whether we're professional poker players or not, it's like, you know, you could, you could, you could hear the excitement in your voice, you know, going back to those days. Yeah. $13,000 is still quite a lot of money. It's, it's, a, it's yeah. a good chunk of change. You know, who wouldn't be happy to take that home from a daily deep stack? Um, yeah. You know, you're talking about, when you started, you know, in the college days, you had online and then there's this, you know, okay, I wanted to go to the World Series. But the first time you play live in a casino, I remember my first time and it could be a little intimidating sometimes. Did you have anyone to sort of guide you, any friends, or was it just sort of like 
figure this out on your own? What was that experience like? Oh, yeah. I actually didn't have any poker friends and Mm. everyone just kind of didn't understand what I was doing. And here I am trying to like, you know, go through this black hole of like poker study and kind of understand things. And I was really on my own. And a lot of times I felt very lost onto how to get better. Like I would watch, you know, Jonathan Little videos and, you know, things like that. And, and that helped and all, but I just felt like there was this missing link and it, and it truly was having other peers and poker people you can talk to who are like-minded, who are on the same path as you. And I did not have that. So I think it really stunted my growth at the beginning, to be honest with you, just not having that like extra help. And, and when did that sort of become a thing of befriending other poker players and adding that element so that, you know, first of all, for a community type of purpose, but also just to, to improve your game. Yeah. I met a few people playing one, two, actually they were both in my, one of my most recent blogs that I just put out and um, we started out grinding one, two, we kind of noticed that each other were trying to take it seriously. And Mm -hmm. so we kind of befriended each other, started texting, you know, talking about hands. And then, you know, they kind of introduced me into like a side of poker that I didn't know, like, what's a, what's a blocker, you know, what's a, you know, what's a range? What do you mean? What do you say? You know? And so just, they opened things up to like, try to understand things. So I think just networking through the poker community is kind of how that happened. But I honestly, like on Instagram, I just started documenting like me playing poker and and going to play tournaments. And I would record like little stories on my Instagram and people liked it and they started following me. And I'm like, I don't, why are you following me for, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, I actually started meeting a lot of people through Instagram. So Instagram meeting people, you know, actually playing and those sort of things is kind of what helped that network. And then of course, with the vlog and things after that, it's just been a lot. So, sure. I mean, so, I mean, we all, you know, you go to any poker room, all the tables are full and, you know, it's a very, very small percentage, you know, a lot of them just like, okay, I'm going to go and go ahead and grind. I don't necessarily need to be on social media and share everything or vlog. Love right. about it or whatever. What is it that uh, possessed or inspired? I'm not sure what the right verb is there, but that made you want to share your journey publicly for the first time. I mean, obviously, you know, as you get more and more people, that you know, that takes on a life of its own. But what made you initially want to share your journey? So there's there's this thing about poker where to me, it's inherently like a very selfish game, right? You're there to take money from others. You're playing with just yourself. It's not a team sport. You know, it's nothing like that. So to me, like when I started my poker journey and started taking it seriously and and like playing for an hourly and all these things, like I felt like something was missing for me. And um, it was just because like. I wasn't giving back. I wasn't inspiring people. I was just there for myself. I was there to clock in, clock out, make money, go home. And that like, wasn't enough for me in my life. Like I like to give back to others. I like Mm. to, you know, interact and communicate and have relationships with others. And so for me to share my journey and, and the fact that I would get messages back saying, Oh, thanks for sharing this. This is inspiring. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, this is cool. Like I, I'm this, it created a relationship mm-hmm. and it created a way of giving back. And also like, you know, of course, like receiving cool stuff from people, you know, like encouraging words, which helps, but yeah. I think it was just the overall, just, um, wanting to like share something with people and just that, that back and forth of like giving and receiving and, and feeling like I'm like doing something good in the world versus just like sitting at a poker table and taking people's money. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I certainly hear that. Um, yeah. 
So you, know, you had mentioned right before we started, you know, you're packing, you're going to be moving soon to the Dallas area, which is pretty cool. I hope uh, that move goes smoothly for you. Um, yeah. But, you know, you started your career where you're currently at in the Scottsdale, Phoenix area. I'm, I know of the talking stick because, you know, I've never mm-hmm. been there, but can you tell those who aren't necessarily familiar, haven't been there, what's the poker scene like there? That so it's always been pretty good. But uh, up until this just last year, poker was only spread limit here in Arizona. So you actually, the maximum bet you could do at any point was $500. And that was at the 2-5 game. So if you're playing 2-3 or 1-2, the max bet was like 100 big blinds, basically. So hmm. so if you're playing 1-2, I think the spread, I actually think the limit was like $100. So you can only bet 100 bucks like per, sh- like if if you bet 100, someone can only raise you to 200. Right. <laughs> so it, it made poker. Dynamics. Yeah, it made it pretty weird but um at the same time the games were still good like talking stick there's a lot of money out there. there's a lot of people coming for spring training and you know you know yeah. retired people live out there who have a lot of money and then you also just you're in scottsdale which is a lot of money there so mm-hmm. it's always been a good place to play like it's it's a great room talking stick and then um my home room is actually called lone butte and that's in the chandler area mm-hmm. um those games are are still good um just not as many um it's not as many games going but yeah the poker scene here is good talking stick is a great place to play there's a lot of you know business people who come in a lot of new money you know mm-hmm. that that comes in all the time you never know who you're going to see at your table like steve aoki or, wow, or, you nice. know, or some phoenix suns players or you know you, you just never know who you're going to see it's it's pretty cool so it, it's always been a, a good place have you uh maybe any stories you'd be allowed to share of any cool i mean has steve aoki or one of the phoenix suns sat at your table yeah. And like, they'll have like, sometimes they'll have like charity events where like, they'll get the the sun staff and people out, over and they, they come play. And nice. yeah, Steve Aoki was sitting um, next to my table. And at the time I didn't know who he was uh-huh. <laughs> actually. And then uh, my friends were like, that's Steve Aoki. I'm like, who's that? And so I looked him up and I was like, no way. And he's sitting there just like, he's sitting there, like just giving away money at the, at the one at the two, three game. It was crazy. Oh, but what I was going to say is um, Mm -hmm. we were spread limit and now we're truly fully no limit here in Arizona. So you can finally play no limit hold'em here in Arizona, which made the games even better. (laughs) Okay. Very cool. Okay. Well, you know, a a pro of that area, you know, you've been playing there for four years, five years. The games are now fully open. Why the move to Dallas? Oh man, this is actually going to be a tough move for me. I, I've literally never left uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. That's Aww. where I was born and raised. I love Arizona. It's breaking my heart to leave, but at the same time, um, my my sister and her family are moving there, and, and then my parents. My sister convinced my parents to go, so it's pretty much the kind of thing where like my whole family's moving, uh-huh. and um, it's just in my like this time of my life. It's just so important like to be around family, and life's Absolutely. too short to like be away from them and them, and so. I decided to move in. Also, like um, talking stick doesn't allow vlogging. So it's been a struggle oh. to like to uh, do what I do here. Mm-hmm. So I've been in Vegas a lot. I've been to Austin a lot. So yeah. now I'm going to be in Dallas and uh, I'm actually going to be quite a wi- quite a ways from a casino out there, but okay. um, I'm going to be like 40 minute drive, but I'll make it out to TCH, check it out and uh, see, see how the games are there. I've heard they're really, really good in Dallas. <laughs> oh yeah. Tech, Texas card has huh? TCH. And I think, uh, you know, my good friends, uh, John Sofin, uh, Jesse Fullen and Chad Holloway, they did the, the Texas road trip 
Uh, no casinos yeah. or anything, but like a good couple dozen poker rooms to choose from. And, you know, 40 minutes is not that bad. A lot of us would give, uh, you know, quite a lot to be 40 minutes away from, from a you casino. You know, that's true. I think I'm a, I've been a bit spoiled because I'm even just like four hours away from Vegas. So oh, I, yeah. I, I have casinos. I'm literally 10 minutes away from talking sick here. But yeah, so I'll be able to vlog freely in, in Texas. So it'll be I think it'll be a good move, even though it wasn't poker driven. I think it'll be a good, a good place for sure. Cool. So, you, you know, you mentioned, um, well, you clearly put like any pro does, you know, put a lot of time into studying away from the felt. What sort of um, approach? I mean, if you want, you can name, you know, the resources or training sites you use or, you know, what sort of approach do you take it? And why do you think that, you know, you've chosen that approach? Why does it fit your game so well, the, your studying hmm. approach? That's a good question. Um, I, like I said at the beginning, I, I felt sort of lost in my studying. And so um, long story short, which uh, is a pretty cool story, but um, I, during quarantine, you know, we couldn't go play poker. I was kind yeah. of struggling to play online at the time. Wasn't really making any income. Um, hadn't started my vlog yet, actually, at all. And um, Matt Berkey reached out to me and he asked me, um, there, he said, hey, someone gave a scholarship, a $3,000 scholarship for our Solve for Why homeschool course. Um, we wanted to pick somebody who we thought it would, you know, resonate with, someone who would take it seriously and someone who needs it, you know, mm-hmm. who wouldn't otherwise pay the 3000 to do this. <laughs> And I was like, he asked me, you know, do you want to do it? And I was like, awesome. oh my gosh, yes. And it was just the most incredible opportunity because I was so hungry to learn at the time. I was so hungry to get better. I just didn't know how to. And so that taking that course um, kind of propelled me to like, you know, f- just be able to study better, understand the game better, and just kind of gave me this foundation that I needed going forward. And then, so after that, I took one-on-one lessons from Fausto Valdez, who I literally actually just got off a Zoom call with him. Uh, we just we just had a poker session that we uh-huh. kind of went over some World Series uh, situations, some stuff that we encountered mm-hmm. this summer. Um, so, um, so the approach I have is um, I just study a lot of like training videos from Solve for Why. Um, talk with my hand. I have a Discord, uh, a Discord channel where nice. uh, a lot of my friends and I and vlog watchers can come into and like talk hands, ask questions. So we do that. And then I also have my one-on-one coach. So getting to the, the end tail end of what I was going to say is um, having a one-on-one coach has really, really helped me because you can ask specific questions. You know, you're not in a group setting. You're not just watching a training site. Like you're able to interact and like ask specific questions about something and try to understand it better. So I think getting a one-on-one coach really kind of elevates you to an, a new level. Like after you've done the training sites, after you've, you know, been in, you know, uh, forums and things like that. Um, if you really want like specific, like guided, like training, uh, for your specific flaws or leaks in your game, that that's, that's definitely what's helped me the most. I think. I love it. You know, folks, we've heard of, uh, you know, the butterfly effect, you know, when one uh, butterfly flaps its wings, it has this, you know, this ripple effect, you know, down the line, something happens. It's really cool. You know, you mentioned Matt Berkey. He was our guest on episode number 29 of the Cards Chat podcast. If you want to learn more about him, about Solve for Why, uh, you can go back and listen to that one, guys. Um, but I just love that, you know, so much of your current journey, 
You know, that that him opening the door, giving you that opportunity had such a tremendously positive effect on you for you. And that's, I, I love, you know, stories like that. And I, you know, I think we all kind of love that sort of thing. And, and hopefully, you know, maybe it may happen. Oh, someone, you know, listened to Ashley Frank on the Cards Chat podcast, learned a couple of tricks. I'm like, yeah, you know, I think it's time to do this one-on-one coaching. And, you know, maybe you'll, uh, you know, pay it forward uh, in that way. It's a, it's a cool Oh, thing. absolutely. Yeah, I that that scholarship I got really did change my life in the sense of like, I, like I said, I didn't know much about poker. I was trying to get better, but uh, my game just elevated so much since that, since that time. So it's, it's, I still know nothing about poker. I'm always going to say that no matter how good I am or not, or or I'm not good. (laughs) Uh I'll always say that um, just because poker is just such a complex, amazing game. And Mm -hmm. um, I, I have so much more to learn and so much, so many more areas to grow in, but at least I have have a feel like I have a foundation and I'm seeing improvement. I'm seeing growth. Like this has been my best year so far. And I just, we're just halfway through. So, so we're getting there. <laughs> That's fantastic. And it's good. Like, you know, obviously seeing the results are nice, but you know, continuing to go over your process, like you say, you're seeing growth, not necessarily yeah. just, you know, better numbers before the growth. That's really cool sure. uh, to track it that way. And, and I think you've also recently or in the recent past did a little bit of work with Steve Blay uh, of Advanced yeah. Poker Training. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Steve approached me through an email and we got to talking and then I actually had never heard of it, which was crazy because oh. he has a really, really big, good training site. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went on there. He kind of showed me how the site works and all the things and the features you can do. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. How how do like <laughs> more people not know about this? So we we developed a cool partnership as well. Mm-hmm. And um and so, yeah, he, he's definitely been um, a huge part of just kind of helping me grow as well as a player, just kind of getting on there. And um, I love the the tournaments, uh, the tournament practice that you can do on there where you mm-hmm. can literally like kind of play against a computer. It tells you what you should or shouldn't have done in this spot and yeah. stuff like that. Um, so super cool site as well. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, you've mentioned it's now the second and possibly a third time about tournaments. You clearly have uh, a love for tournaments. Why yeah. tournaments over cash games? What uh, gives you that extra thrill? I think it's the finality of, of tournaments where mm. in one hand you're done, like that's it. Or, <laughs> or, or you somehow magically survive in a perfect sequence of events that gets you to that first place prize. Like mm. it's, it's crazy how many things have to align for you to win a tournament. You yeah. know, you have to not only get lucky to like get aces versus Kings, but you also got to hold up. And then yeah. when you get it, when you're all in and behind, you have to, you have to suck out. Right. So it's just like, all these facets that, that like every little decision in a tournament matter. And I, I think in cash games too, but like every, every single chip you acquire in a tournament, like it has that ripple effect. It's like, okay, I won this pot here. So then when I double up, I have this many now, like way later in the tournament, like, it's just crazy. Like tournaments like blow my mind. Like they're so cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all know that only one person can win each tournament and uh, basically yeah. everyone else at some point busts and, and right. is limited. It's a and tournament. We bust, we bust a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. So it's like, it's a feeling that every tournament pro uh, is very, very familiar with. When you bust a tournament, Ashley, what goes through your mind? What process do you go through? I immediately think of all the spots that I probably could have played better. Like, for example, like if, if there's like 
a raise and I have pocket eights and there's, and I have 18 big blinds and I shove, it's like, well, what got me down to those 18 big blinds? Like Ooh. how could I have played better? So like I wasn't in that spot to probably flip or just be crushed by pocket jacks or something. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it really is just all about those decisions that lead up to that all in moments or, you know, whatever. So yeah, like you said, only one person can win the tournament. So right. to make it, to make it to that, final table is already like really good. And then just trying to like ICM your way up to the top and, you know, all the different facets that come into like ICM play and, mm -hmm. you know, all that. It's just, yeah. So, uh, the, definitely the thing that goes through my mind is how I could have played better for sure. Um, I don't really pay too much attention to the last hand because mm -hmm. I'm pretty good with like short stack and medium stack play. So like I probably made the correct decision mm -hmm. <laughs> with the stack I had, sure. but it's like, how did I get there? Like, did I just get unlucky? Did I blind down because I wasn't being aggressive enough? You know, should I have taken a more of high variance line earlier to acquire more chips? You know, just all those things go through my mind. <laughs> and you mentioned, you mentioned the word variance. And I want to ask about that. Obviously the, the life, the, the day-to-day -day grind of the tournament pro tends to have quite a bit more variance than the cash game pro. How do you deal with that? It's crazy. I have gotten a lot better with dealing with that. I still, cause I'm so competitive. I still get bummed when I bust a tournament. Like there's no doubt I'm still gonna, you know, be a little bit steamed or a little bit frustrated. But at the end of the day, if you truly start to understand poker on a deeper level, you understand that that's literally the nature of poker is just because you're an 80% favorite to win the hand does not mean you're going to win it hundred percent of the time. It means right, you're right. going to lose it. Sometimes you're going to yeah. lose 20% of the time. So if you just continue to play your best, play correctly, get your money in good or, or find good spots in tournaments and you bust, it's okay. You move on to the next one. It's all about the next tournament, the next one, the next one, the next one. Like you just have to have that mentality. And even just like playing the main event for the very first time <laughs> this year and busting in a spot that like was kind of like not a spot that I would ever have taken earlier on in my career ever, mm -hmm. but I chose to go for a spot and it didn't work out. And I have to live with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, it, it hurt cause it was the main event, but after the initial sting of, of busting, I realized like, I feel like I played it really well. Like there's nothing. So like, you have to just like understand that moment. Hey, like I did, I played this spot well, move on, move on to the next one. So, so I was going to save my world series of poker questions for a little bit later, but since you brought it up, what's <laughs> your goal going into this year's world series? My goal was to put in as much volume as possible and to stay mentally and physically and emotionally sharp. I think those were my biggest goals. So I've been really on a fitness grind lately, been trying to eat really clean and healthy. And I went into this world series feeling the best I had ever felt and also just the most studied I'd ever been. So I was yeah. really looking forward to it. I felt very, very prepared, but I also understood that did not mean I was going to win the main event. That did right. not mean <laughs> I was going to win a, a bracelet. It, it could have meant I was going to bust every tournament I played. And I was totally fine with that. Like mm -hmm. I, I was fine with whatever came. I just, and even, even through the, till the very end, I truly thought I was playing the best poker I'd ever played. And I was so happy. I was putting myself in spots to like win a lot of money and that's all you can do. Like it just didn't work out this time, but I feel like I, I 
And I've got so much feedback from my friends and my coach saying like, wow, you drastically improved, you know, so that's, that's all I care about. <laughs> you certainly seem very, I mean, we're talking right at the tail end, you know, as the world season poker just came to a close, uh, yeah. you certainly seem very upbeat about it. So it seems, uh, you know, mission accomplished for this year. Yeah. Mission accomplished. I have a lot to learn, have a lot to improve on, but I think it was a really good summer and kind of like just being able to see like where I need to work on, what I need to work on and, and things like that. Cool. So I want to ask you about two uh, tournaments in particular uh, that you played in. Uh, you cashed in the Colossus, uh, you know, oh, yeah. obviously one of the uh, the biggest turn- live tournament fields <laughs> of the entire year. What's that like, you know, navigating just a you know gigantic minefield of that nature versus, you know, your typical dailies or, you know, random multi-table tournaments would just have a couple hundred entries? So the massive fields, you can't really pay attention to. You honestly mm. got to just like hone in and focus on your table and what you're doing. Because mm. if you try, if you, if I look up at that thing and say, it says 20,000 on the, on the clock, <laughs> 20,000 people, yeah, it, it's just, it's insane. So um, you just got to focus on what you're doing. And honestly, you like, you can't wait around in those types of tournaments. You have to keep the gas on, keep the aggression up because the structure and just the fact that there's no like automatic shufflers and, you know, you have some dealers that are new and you have some players that tank a long time. Like you don't get a lot of hands. So, um, you know, it's not like the main event where you sit there for two hour levels, like you got to keep it up. So yeah, you just really got to focus on your table and what you're doing and, and just can like my coach just says chip EV, chip EV. I'm like, I have 40 big blinds. I have 4.3 million chips. He's like, doesn't matter. You have you, you chip EV. You just keep playing. You just keep, de- keep doing your thing. Like it doesn't matter if you bust right now. It doesn't matter. It's like, but, but there's 200 people left. Like I'm running deep. It's like, doesn't matter. You need all the chips to win. Like you got to keep playing. And so I, I ran really deep in the house warming. There was 20,000 something entries and I got 200th place. So yeah. finishing the, I finished in the top 1%. And that's when I was like kind of freaking out. Cause I was like, I have a shot at this. I'm 200 people away from a bracelet. Like, Mm -hmm. and, um, yeah, it's those large fields are crazy, but you just gotta, just gotta play and win flips really. (laughs) Well, you can't, you can't do anything about winning flips, but everything else you'd say, you know, folks, if you want to go ahead and rewind the last two minutes or so, it's a phenomenal answer. The reason I asked that is because, you know, lots of folks have never necessarily had that opportunity to play Mm -hmm. in, you know, gigantically massive fields. And, you know, a Colossus is the kind of thing that folks may save up, you know, for a year or a couple months of the bank will say, you know what, I'm going to give this bracelet event a try. And it's good to have that sort of, uh, you know, firsthand knowledge of what does it take to run deep of like, yeah, you can only beat the people at your table. You don't have to beat 20,000 people in the level one. Yeah. And I think in tournaments in general, if you think you're going to win the tournament in the first hand of the very first level of the day, like you, you can't, right? Like it's, it's such a grind. There's so far to go. You just have to play each stage of the tournament correctly. That actually reminded me, I, I reached uh, 20,000 subs on YouTube. And so I did a giveaway and I gave away two Colossus seats. Um, and so there's nice. two people who weren't going to play the tournament that ended up coming in and, and playing and getting in there, which was so cool. Uh, I think they both made it like far on day one. And if you make it far on day one, you're usually in the money by that time, just because the field's so big. <laughs> mm-hmm. People people drop like flies too in, in those tournaments. So it's like one minute 
there's 800 people left the next minute there's 600 you know then 300 then right (laughs) it's weird it's crazy but it's 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 an amazing experience and i if anybody hasn't and you're wanting to save up and play definitely do it it's so worth the amazing experience awesome well the other um i don't know if it's a particular event that i wanted to talk about but just sort of ladies events in general uh you played uh in some lips events the ladies international poker series um, and you had some cash, a couple caches there. Um, and I think another deep run in the WSOP ladies event itself. How is that different? I mean, obviously I can't ask men this question, but like, how is that different for you as a professional, as a female player of playing in those sorts of events versus, you know, open field events? Right. I love ladies events. Mm. Uh, I tend to do pretty well in them because a lot like, I don't want to say just women because there's a lot of men who don't study as well, but um, they're, they're, they're generally softer fields, right? Okay. They're like ladies who are there to socialize, have fun. And, you know, but you know, like same thing with men too. There's, there are also some that just, you know, are there's softer fields and stuff, sure. but um, I think that um, women can be a really tough to play against sometimes because there's some really good players. They're very aggressive sometimes. And also it's like they do a lot of unconventional things, which again, men do it as well. But just saying like, it's just a very unique kind of atmosphere. And I don't know quite how to put it, but (laughs) it's, it's fun. It's cool. It's a great way to have ladies come out and build the, poker community and just get more females involved. And I think it's really important for them to have a good experience. And so, you know, you want to always make people feel welcome, especially if it's their first time, like you don't want them to have a bad experience and never come back and play again. Like that would be terrible for the poker community. Right. So, um, ladies events are cool. I had a a few deep runs and just was very, I don't know why I get so competitive against females. I I just like, (laughs) I, I, I want to be the best. And so like this, this last world series, like I played at the South point championship. I got to the final two tables. Um, I final tabled another ladies event and then I double bagged one of them. So I got like a cash and a bonus for that. And I just couldn't run good or like, couldn't find any spots near the end. And it was Mm. just so frustrating because it was like, you know, I I'm ready for this. I'm prepared for this. And I just couldn't get anything going when it like really mattered. So, um, but yeah, ladies events are cool. WPA has been great at hosting those and the lips organization and all them. Like it's, it's great. And I think that the more welcome women feel in poker, uh, for guys that are listening to this, the more we feel welcome at the table, the more, the better it is for you because you're bringing more players into the game. You're bringing new players into the game. And so, you know, we always want to make sure that we're inviting everybody to feel welcome, not just females, but males as well. So, um, it's just, it's very important how we carry ourselves at the table and those sort of things. And I could go on and on about that type of thing. Cause as females, we experience a lot of very bad experiences at the table. Yeah. So. Well, here, here. It's a, it's a excellent message. And you mentioned WPA, those who are not familiar, the women's poker association uh, does some wonderful things to advocate for the increased involvement for women in the game. We've had a, I think we have about 25% of our guests, you know, it's about when, when you're, when women are making up about 5% of tournament fields, and, you know, we can have, thankfully, 25% of our guests here on the Cards Chat podcast thus far, uh, our interviewees as women, I think, you know, we're trying, we're trying to increase that representation and, you know, just a, a very important uh, message 
Um, you know, it's important to change gears uh, in poker, so we're going to do that a little bit and start asking you some vlog questions. But first, mm -hmm. a palate cleanser, Ashley. So one okay. of the things we, okay. you know, this is the uh, the friendliest poker podcast in town here on Cards Chat. We like to ask, who is or are the friendliest players you've ever had the pleasure of playing poker with? Um, so Eddie Sabat. Nice. Uh, he, uh, he is a guy who, oh, my very first world series, like actual, like where I stayed for a few weeks and grinded back in 2019. Um, we are deep in the $600 deep stack bracelet event. And I was so nervous. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was deep in this tournament and he was at my table and he totally like outplayed me on a hand. And, <laughs> um, I had Kings and he got value on an ace high board, something like that. But the way he played, it was just so, so good. And, um, he ended up messaging me on Instagram after because he was he's one of my he's really good friends with one of my one two grinder friends back from my first days playing at Lone Butte but anyway um so he he made the connection there so he reached out and he was just the nicest guy he was so encouraging and kind and so professional at the table and just the way he carried himself I was so impressed with that and it really inspired me to like want to be like that because a lot of times mm. before I started a vlog I could be very quiet to myself I didn't want to socialize but um now I don't really have a choice and <laughs> people yeah. know who I am at the <laughs> table and I'm not going to sit there and put my headphones in and just you know be in my own world <laughs> Sure. So, which is, which is my nature. I'm very, uh, reserved by nature. So, uh, it's good. It, it gets me out of my comfort zone. So, um, but yeah, uh, probably Eddie Sabat is like the first person that came to mind. Cause like, he's just, I really look up to the guy. Super, super amazing poker player and very, very kind, good hearted person. Awesome. That's a great shout out. And, uh, you know, if that name rings a bell, but you're not sure where you heard it before folks, you know, probably on Dan McGranu's vlog, uh, he'd been featured yeah. recently in the last few days. Uh, he made, I think, a top 20. I think he finished 14th or 16th in the main event uh, or something like that. So, uh, you know, he did a pretty good job. And, yeah, I, I think I watched his bust out interview and true to exactly what you said of just you can't think of someone who's more positive. The guy you know, after six, seven days of play goes ahead and busts the main event. And he's just like, yeah, yeah, it's all good. It's great. It's wonderful. And. Uh, yeah, yeah a, lot, a lot of good things. Maybe we'll get him uh, on a future episode of the Cards Chat podcast. Oh, that'd be so cool. Well. Yeah. Very cool. All right, vlogging questions, Ashley. So, um, you know, you started your vlog, I think it was January of last year in 2021. Um, why? Uh, I Like I said about the whole creative thing, mm -hmm. like I wanted something, like poker wasn't enough. Like I wanted to give back. I also wanted to create. Uh, I missed that creative aspect. I kind of had stopped writing music and stopped like, you know, being in bands and mm -hmm. stuff. So like just the whole creative aspect was cool. I And I was kind of already doing it, but just on my Instagram without kind of knowing it. And so actually Andrew Mimi and Jamin Burton were the ones who were like, Ashley, you're already pretty much vlogging, like freaking do it. They were just like, get out there. Like, what do you, why are you, why are you not vlogging yet? Like, we need you out, like do wow. it. And I was like, I was like, I don't know enough about poker to like talk about it. Like, you know, so that, that's what kind of shied me away from it for a while mm -hmm. was just not wanting to like put myself out there and be called a fish and a donkey and all these things. And sure. I don't, I don't care about that anymore, like at all, but um, it, it, um, it, it was a great, I'm glad I did it. I'm really glad that I started my blog. It, it took me on a journey that I 
never thought I'd be on. It's incredible. It's, you know, life's great. And um, all thanks to them kind of pushing me to, to do it. So <laughs> pretty cool. Well, you mentioned uh, Andrew Nimi. He, we had him on on uh, episode number 52 of this podcast. We haven't had Jamin on yet, but uh, he is on the list. Jamin, if you're listening, uh, you know, oh, we'll, I'll get we'll get you soon. <laughs> I'll um, get him on there. There you go. We'll, we'll definitely get him on. Uh, good dude. I met him as well once. Um, really, really good dude. Um, I'm wondering a couple of things, actually. So what is it? I mean, besides their encouragement to go ahead and do so, do you also sort of take some creative inspiration from the type of vlogging they do? I definitely did. I, I definitely uh, really liked Andrew Nimi's style and I totally like probably cop tried to copy it a little bit. Mm. <laughs> um, Jamin is on another level because he knows how to do all this crazy like programming and I don't even know what to call it. It's crazy. Like he can make cartoons like yeah. on his own. And the I'm comic like, book style. I've actually, cool. I've actually been a cartoon in his vlog a few times. <laughs> And I'm like, you're freaking crazy. Like I, that guy's crazy. Um, so he, he's on a whole other level, but yeah, I definitely just, I didn't really watch many vloggers. I only watched Andrew, Brad for a little bit and Jamin. And I didn't even know who Mariano or Rampage or these new guys that came in. Um, cause once I started my vlog, I didn't really watch vlogs anymore. Sure, sure. <laughs> I was just too busy. But, um, so definitely took a lot of Andrew Nimi style and tried to kind of not replicate it, but definitely inspired by it. And sure. Jamin's, Jamin's creativity and some of the stuff he did and like his ideas and stuff definitely took uh, some some notes from them so you said you know like they're like oh we need you out there we need you doing it i mean how did you learn how to edit and, and and do all the technical stuff of vlogging so i had a little bit of a jump head start on that because i uh, produce music and so i knew how okay. to use this this um this uh, apple product called logic pro it's a mm -hmm. it's a it's an audio recording software mm -hmm. and logic is exactly kind of a lot like Final Cut Pro, which is the video version. Like they're made by the same company. So I was quickly able to know how to like cut things and fade things and because it was similar. So right. I kind of had a jump start on that, but it was still a struggle, like trying to do hand histories and put the cards on the on the screen and all yeah. that was that was a lot of work. I mean hours and hours. But sure. So I kind of learned by feel just by, I, I knew like logic in and out as far as the music production thing went. So I knew that already. And then, um, just watched a lot of YouTube videos and then I called Jamin quite a few times, probably bugged the crap out of him. But, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's his fault. He says, if you want me to do it, you better help me out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he is seriously the best guy. Like he's such a good friend and he's taught me a lot. So awesome. I, I couldn't help but notice I've watched, you know, just prior to this, uh, you know, when doing my research, I watched your first episode and it said uh, I think it's a music by Ashley Frank so like you said okay. you had that piano training so you you know you do that for a lot of your episodes I try I've tried to do them for the beginning but I were just, just too many vlogs to keep keep up with and so much music that it would be impossible for me to write a song for each one but the the song at the very end of all my vlogs is is a, a song I wrote and then the earlier vlogs yes it's my own music that I made <laughs> which nice. is pretty fun That's I just cool. couldn't keep it up it was too much <laughs> sure well I mean how well, two-parter well how long did it take you to make that first episode just from you know, about 
after it was all filmed, like from taking all of the footage and, you know, beginning to edit till, you know, you, you hit the publish button and how long now does it typically take? I mean, obviously there's episode length to consider, but generally speaking, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah. So a good rule of thumb is like for every minute of your vlog is about an hour of editing time. Mm. So if a vlog is 30 minutes, it's probably a really, really like 25 to 30 hour uh, editing. But uh, so my first vlog that I did um, I didn't have hand histories yet, so I didn't have card graphics or any of my first vlogs sure. are like not the greatest, <laughs> but, um, so those like probably took me like 15 hours or something like that. But when I started doing hand histories, those vlogs would take me a, like even a 15 to 20 minute vlog would take me like 30, 40 hours because mm-hmm. I was so new to it, trying to figure it out. Didn't know what a template was like, didn't know what all these like fast ways to work were. Mm-hmm. So I was doing everything kind of by scratch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it, it was quite uh, so yeah, now you learn it very well that way, you know? Yes, I definitely learned. So now I do have a little bit of help. I have some editors that help that make things easier. Um, So now my end of things probably takes me still, even with them editing and doing all the hard work, I still probably spend like 10 hours on each eight to 10 hours on a vlog still. Yeah. Just like doing the audio, like the voiceovers, um, sending them the files, uploading things. And then when they send me back the final product, I still go in and tweak things because I'm a perfectionist and I want things to be perfect. (laughs) And also like the music selection, like I'm picky about that. So I go in and make sure that I like the music and stuff. So it still takes me like 10 hours ish. So, you know, that, that shift to entrusting editors with what (laughs) you've done so I mean, I, I also know, you know, it's like I you know, do plenty of writing and all of a sudden, you know, you open up, I open up my site to, okay, let's have some guest writers. That's a, a difficult shift to make, especially with, you know, your baby you grew from, from zero subscribers all the way up. What was that transition like for you? It was harder at first before it came became easier um, mm. because it is very it was very hard for me to let go of that creative process. But I was like, look, please watch my vlogs, see my style, see what I'm going for, and please like try to kind of stick to that. And they like went above and beyond. Like they they're amazing. Like one of the guys who just he's just doing my intros right now. Like, he's yeah. so talented and he's just really good at what he does. And he's now they're to the point where like they're doing what I like way better than what I could do. (laughs) Like Mm. their editing is is a lot better than mine. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. It's still hard. Like I still like, it's a hard kind of thing to juggle because it's like, sometimes it's just easier for me to do things myself. Mm-hmm, but sure. then it's or versus like telling someone else how to do it. But then like, I don't have a lot of time now yeah. because I'm like traveling and playing and recording or trying to get vlog footage. Yeah. So it's just, I also got to just like trust them to do it. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. So tips for someone who wants to get into the vlogging uh, business. Obviously there's a lot of vloggers out there. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you had inspirations. You already kind of do it. You kind of had this, head start, this leg up, let's say someone's like, look, you know, I don't have any of that, right? But I feel like I want to share my story with people. What would you recommend to them as far as first steps to starting a vlog? Yeah. So I actually, my first vlog, I edited on my iPhone, which was crazy. Um, Yeah. Yeah. On iMovie, on my, on my iPhone, (laughs) literally. Um, So anybody can do it. Mm -hmm. You don't need a lot of fancy equipment. I actually had like a iPhone 8, 
I think I was using, which uh, didn't even have like a really good camera on it or anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my camera was actually broken. My first episode, you can hear like the audio is really crackled <laughs> it's because my, my phone like didn't even work. Yeah. Um, so you don't need a lot of equipment. Um, you don't really even know need to know how to edit. There's so many like really, uh, like really uh, user-friendly apps out there that, that, you know, you can edit on. But I always tell people two things. I tell people, be yourself, number yeah. one. You don't need to try and copy anybody. The, the poker world doesn't need another Brad Owen. It doesn't need another Rampage. It doesn't need another Poker Face Ash or Ashley Sleeth. We need a you. So bring what you have to the table. Bring your uniqueness. And then I also tell people, just do it. <laughs> just go, Just do it. Stop making excuses. Don't say, well, I don't have this or that. Just put it out there. My first vlog is the total example of that. Like wow. I was like, okay, I don't even have card graphics. This just right. doesn't look very good. It doesn't sound very good, but just do it. Just put your verse, first vlog out there. And now if you watch my first one to my last one, I mean, oh yeah. You, you see World the growth the difference. Yeah. yeah you, you see, you see it all. You see the growth, the improvements, the little things that I've done or, you know, tweaks. So just start out small, do what you can. Um, you don't need much, get a mic, uh, get a camera and you're good to go. And that's all you need. <laughs> Excellent. And this is, you know, it's 39 episodes. It's not like, okay, 360 episodes later, like the progress is pretty darn incredible to witness, uh, you know, over that period of time, just what, about a year and a half, like way to go. You know, just yeah, like, just I, like improving as a poker player <laughs> in a way. Right. right. And I, and I still feel like I have so far to go. Like I have so many ideas and things I want to implement and I feel nice. like I'm so far behind and I'm trying to like, I want to do everything all at once. <laughs> and I have to like, remember to take things one step at a time, because there's just so much you can do in the content creation space. I mean, we didn't even talk about TikToks and reels and Instagram stories and, and we you know, won't. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank goodness, because I mean, there's just so much you can do, and it, yeah. it's a cool. It's a cool world. So it's yeah. just as uh, take it one day at a time. <laughs> so you say, you know, it's important to to be yourself. So first of all, the self. How did you get, or did you give yourself this nickname, Poker Face Ash? I mean, it just, I, I had, so I was in a band in um, okay. a, like five, six years ago. And my, my username was my band name and my name. So I, once that we're, we didn't have the band anymore. I'm like, okay, hey, I need to think of a new name. I'll, I guess I'll make like my Instagram more about poker. Now it was more about music and my life, but and then I was like, okay, well, poker face, that's cool. And then at first it was poker face underscore 87. And my friend's like, can you like please make it a little bit like more unique than that? And <laughs> Sounds I was like, like okay. the old AOL. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I was like, okay, so I'll add my names, and then and I couldn't just add my name, so I had to do a little underscore, and then it was Poker Face Ash. That's, there you that's go. It. Okay, very cool. Well, uh, that uniqueness in over thirty nine episodes has has gotten you and garnered you an audience of twenty one thousand and growing number of subscribers. What would you say? You know, both can go ahead and tune in, obviously. But what would you say? You know, in the now pretty crowded field of vloggers out there putting out content, is what makes your vlog unique? Um, I think I do. I try to make my my vlog very produ like 
just look good, sound good, uh, feel good. I'm very positive and uplifting, you know, but I also am very real and I will share like how I'm feeling in the moment. And I think what makes mine a little bit more unique is I'm able to um, engage and kind of relate to the smaller stakes players. Like I'm not out there playing on live streams for 10, 20, $30,000. I'm playing one, two, two, three, two, five, um, soon to be five, 10 moving hey, up, but, right. but yes. Yeah, so I'm just kind of, I'm on the very beginning of my grind. Like I'm mm-hmm. on the very, very, very front doorsteps of my poker journey. So just able to relate to a lot of like new players and players who are recreational, but want to start taking it more seriously. So um, yeah, I just always try to bring positivity, um, love, joy, hope, all the good things in life, you know, and try to just um, show a real transparent journey. So. Something that really resonates uh, with us here at uh, the friendliest poker podcast in town. <laughs> that's for sh- that's for sure. Um, and you know, I guess I'll, you know, there's uh, a lot of questions coming at you from the community. So I'll just sort of skip to my last one here. Where do you see, or where do you want to see that journey taking you over the coming, let's say, couple of years? Things have really changed for me as far as like what I've wanted in poker. And I think I really want to focus on like content creation and make that more of the main focus while still playing poker, of course. But I also really want to, I'm going to start, I have some cool announcements that I can't share yet, but will very soon where, um, yeah, where I'll be able to like kind of travel the country and the world playing tournaments. So I want to take that more seriously. I hope to have like a nice hand in mob in the next couple of years and just really start making a name for myself in the tournament world. That's, that's a poker goal that I have. Um, not super into cash games anymore and <laughs> more tournament focused, but, um, and then for my YouTube channel, I mean, obviously I want it to grow and I want to reach more people and build a really cool community. And, uh, that's, that's, those are the two just basic general goals. <laughs> that's phenomenal. And like I, I started out this episode saying, you know, I really want to get to know you and like over this, you know, past, you know, 50 minutes or so, I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like what a journey you've taken and, you know, what a, a fantastic, you know, I guess final answer there to my questions of like, you know, where, where do you think, you know, the best is yet to come over the coming years. I think that's phenomenal. I think it's wonderful. And, you know, I know we still got more community questions right now to say, but like, Dang, that's awesome. And, you know, definitely want to wish you the best of luck uh, as you continue uh, making a name for yourself. I think it's pretty awesome, actually. I knew knew you went. There you go, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I have this saying I say at the end of each vlog, um, and it's it's only up from here. And it's just, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, the best is yet to come. And I think, you know, I've even had people tell me, like, even just that saying really helped give them hope in, like, a situation in their personal life of, like, hey, like, things are going to get better, you know, or, like, we can always improve. Things can always get better. So it's only up from here. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. All right, folks. Now we've reached the segment of the show where we turn to you, our cards chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. We have a dedicated thread on the cards chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send in your questions. Uh, Ashley, we're going to start off with one of our favorite question askers, uh, Acid Burn FX. Always ask some creative ones. Uh, what's to know, Ashley, what is the most exciting thing that's happened for you this past year? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, my life's been very exciting this year. So there's probably a lot of little things I could choose. But uh, since we're on a poker podcast, I'll choose a poker related one. Okay. And I'll go with. Um, so I was actually in Card Player Magazine, which was kind of cool because I had always w- looked at that magazine, you know, picking it up in my local one, two, you know, spread limit card room when I first started my journey. And I was like, man, I want to be in that magazine one time. And, uh, and um, then I was, and it's crazy. And then um, also the biggest, the biggest exciting thing that is my final answer is um, I've always wanted to be kind of a sponsored pro and, you know, wear a patch and, you know, be affiliated with something. And um, just recently I became a poker bro sponsored pro. So hey, um, now, yeah, now affiliated with uh, one of the biggest if not the biggest um online play mobile app poker app so <laughs> pretty cool and uh i get to travel and play tournaments and wear their patch and um you know just be an ambassador so that's probably the most exciting poker thing that's happened because it's something i've i've wanted for a a while phenomenal congratulations i wish you tremendous luck with that i hope it goes thank very you. well excellent thank you um acid burn fx also wants to know here's this almost like the opposite of it way what is something amazing that you did but no one was around to see it amazing that i did Hmm. (laughs) i'm not sure uh i i like paying for people's groceries and like so if i'm first in line i see someone has some groceries behind me i pay for them but they've seen it so that's not really (laughs) (laughs) that's such a beautiful thing that's wonderful it's not it's not something that i like advertise that i do but (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's, I mean, that's something thing. I could think of, but yeah. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's <laughs> wonderful. Good question. I would have to think farther on that, though. <laughs> very, very nice. And we'll do one more from Acid Burn FX. Um, if you, I love these creative questions. If you could do one thing without suffering the consequences of that action, what would you do and why? Cool. Probably eat a ton of burgers and fries. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't want the uh, repercussions of that, but it tastes good. So <laughs> Awesome. I mean, you were very quick to answer that one. That's well, I'm on a cool. diet, right? Well, not a diet. I'm on, like, trying to eat really clean right now. So, like, sure. food, like, all the bad food is just circling in my mind mm-hmm. all the time constantly. Plus, I'm doing, like, intermittent fasting. So, <laughs> Good luck. Food is always on my mind. (laughs) Yeah, that's for sure. Okay, we will move on then to non-hamburger related questions. Uh, Chica Bonita (laughs) wants to know. um, Okay, we've got a few from them. Okay. Um, Okay, you had so many prospects for your future career, basketball, music, and so on. Are you happy that you've gone deeper into poker? Are loved ones happy with your choice? I think the the first part is pretty clear. You're very happy, but are loved ones happy with your choice? Mm. Short answer, um, yes, but I don't think that this would be their first choice for me, but they've always, my my family, my parents Mm -hmm. specifically, and my sister, they're all very supportive, encouraging, helpful but I don't think this would have been their first choice in careers for me. My dad is very risk adverse. So mm-hmm. I try to explain poker to him. So for, of course he wants his daughter to be safe and secure, you know, and, and so, you know, the poker world isn't 
very safe and secure in any way, really. It's kind of crazy right. and volatile. But um, he he understands math. He's a really smart guy. He's like a Mensa genius. And so he's he knows well enough to know, like, he, he trusts me and, and he's happy for me. I always try to share my successes with them so they understand, like, hey, I'm not just like, I'm not failing here. Like, I'm, right. I'm doing a good, I'm doing a good job, you know, so. Uh, but I, I still have a long way to go. I want to make them proud. I want to, you know, make make sure they know that I'm taken care of. So uh, they're, they're supportive, but at the same time, probably not their first choice. <laughs> it's interesting because like, uh, I'll just sort of follow up on Chica Benita's question. Cause like the poker side of things, I suppose I could understand that answer, but now there's so much more with the right. content creation. Is that something that resonates a little more with them? Yeah, I think they they're seeing the growth and they think it's so cool. Like they're they're really proud of me and um, they don't mm. even see half of it because they they're they're older. They don't really get out of the house much, so it's not like they're in the casino seeing people come up to me and wanting to take pictures mm. or you know having meetup games. Like they have no idea. <laughs> they have no idea. So um, yeah, it's it's cool and I think that. Like even just today, I said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm doing a podcast, you know, oh, it's cool, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's cool for them to see me like on YouTube and stuff and, you know, see the subscribers and the views and all that. And they probably think it's cool. Yeah. Wonderful. (laughs) It's nice to have some stuff to point to and say, hey, I did that. That's pretty cool. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) One more uh, from Chica Bonita. Uh, What advice could you give to aspiring female players so that poker really becomes a good additional income for, for them. I like the wording of that because it clearly shows uh, a little bit of like, not necessarily to become a pro, right. but, you know, like to, as a, a serious recreational player to supplement, uh, you know, the income with a little more yeah, absolutely. I started out that way myself. I was working oh. for my for my dad. He owned a local mom and pop, like a music store here. So um, I worked for him and then I played poker after work. And I think the biggest thing I would say is you need to be studying for sure. You need mm-hmm. to be learning, developing good, solid fundamentals. And then the biggest thing is track all your sessions, track your hourly, even write down the hands you play or didn't play. Um, Just write down everything, track everything. So you can kind of get a good gauge for where you're at. Like, are you, do you have way too many leaks? You know, a lot of common mistakes for players is they limp a lot with like really bad hands and try to see a flop and get lucky. Like, are, are you playing, you know, tight, aggressive, like start there, start seeing, like, try to see where your leaks are and just study, try to get better. Um, and then when you do win, you know, make sure you're putting some of that away to kind of create a separate bankroll and, I think that that's really important to, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, kind of start saving money to build a bankroll. That way you don't have to worry about losing like the money you work, you know, you worked so hard for, you know, in your nine to five job or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, those are just some practical things that I think will really help gauge where you're at. Like, are you a winning player? If you're not, you know, why? And then kind of trying to like, even if you want to, you know, I'm, you know, join my discord and talk hands. Like you're more than welcome to, you know, however I can help. I'm always willing to help, you know, especially females. I want to like, you know, so if, if there's any way I can help, please reach out and uh, can try to make sure that you're on that journey. Excellent. Oh, very cool. Good answer. And uh, again, not just sort of coming from a creative place, but from, Hey, you, you've trodden that path yourself. I like it. That's very good. Yeah, definitely have. <laughs> uh, crystals is our next question askers. Thank you very much. Crystal crystals for submitting these questions. Uh, crystals wants to know, Ashley, what has been your biggest um, accomplishment or what do you feel has been your biggest poker accomplishment to date? 
biggest poker accomplishment? Um, I think like getting that sponsorship was really cool with Poker mm-hmm. Bros. And then also um, biggest accomplishments, poker, trying to think. <laughs> I don't really have one yet, which is also okay. why I'm like, kind of trying to get better and grow you know i want to bink a big tournament just like everybody else you know Mm -hmm. um i think um this has been the best tournament year i've had and i haven't even really played that much so Mm. like i'm looking forward to like growing my hand in mob and i really wanted to get it to 100k by the end of the year so we'll see if i can do that so (laughs) yeah i don't have a huge like major poker accomplishment yet but just kind of the overall growth has been pretty cool so. That was one of the that's a particular uh, community question I was interested in because you know sometimes you know we interview people here with millions and millions of dollars right. attended mob winnings but they don't necessarily point to a you know marquee win or a bracelet or something like that but more of just like a particular moment of like hey I, I beat the nits and the rocks at you know at the Orleans four eight Omaha or something like that you know right. that was their 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 peak moment like they, they sometimes are those moments so uh, I, I think well if if so going off that definitely mm-hmm. um, I had several moments this year where I are in this World Series series that I just ended where okay. I where I busted in a tournament and I was proud of myself because it was a spot. Yeah, it was a spot I wouldn't have normally taken. I would have taken the passive route instead. I went mm. for the chips. I went for the chips. Didn't work out. But I, I'm putting myself in positions to win tournaments. And I was right. so proud proud of the progress that I'd made. So that those there's a lot of small wins like that this year that I've had where I've noticed a lot of improvement. And when you notice improvement in your game, you just feel unstoppable. You feel confident. And like, that's a great feeling. So that's awesome. And you didn't even realize it, but you actually answered a different question Crystal's <laughs> had, which I'll say, but just to yeah. prove it. And, uh, you know, Crystal says, uh, you scored a good win just as you were leaving Vegas. If you would compare where your game was back, uh, where your game was back when you won 13K in the Rio Daily back in 2018 versus now, how much more of a better place is your game in? And there you go. You've said oh that. my That's goodness. A pretty cool uh, thing. Yeah, night and day difference. I knew nothing back then compared mm-hmm. to what I know now. Um, just, and I, I think about it all the time. Like, I wish I could have that final table back. Cause I was actually chip leader going into that final table and oh. I probably played a little bit too passive, you know, just trying to like, you know, so, uh, just, you know, put me back in those spots. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully you will earn your way to another final table, whether at the world series or elsewhere sometime Absolutely. soon. Uh, we will end off with shells. Shells has some questions for you, Ashley. Um, I like this one. What is, I like, I like all of this. What is the most unique experience you have had at a poker table? Hmm. <laughs> um, that is a good question. A unique experience. Huh. We'll give you a couple that. time bank chips. Yeah, and, and definitely need a time bank chip on this one. Um, I think having a meetup game and having everybody there because of you mm. and you're sitting there playing against them and they all want to be on the vlog. <laughs> and uh, so it's like kind of a, it's weird, like 
they're there because they're quote unquote fans or want to meet you or want to play with you. And then they're also there to like try and take your money and, (laughs) and also be on the blog. So like they might try to pull off like a crazy bluff or something or, you know, which does happen. And so that is definitely a unique experience because everyone's there kind of targeting you, but yet they're because they like you. And so it's like this very weird, uh, kind of weird, but very cool thing. So meetup games have definitely been very unique and uh, super cool. Love meetup games. They're fun. Is there anything, I mean, this, uh, this one's coming out uh, end of July. Can you tell us uh, when the next meetup game might be? So I am, since I'm leaving Phoenix, I'm moving to Dallas. I want to have a final meetup game at my home casino where I, where everything started my whole journey at Lone Butte. And, um, um, so that will be probably beginning, uh, the first, second week of August, probably because I'm leaving August 15th. So it'll probably be like right before I leave. So that's, that's the, the last meetup game I'll probably have in Arizona while I live here. I'm sure I'll come back and do more, but yeah. Very cool. Well, I hope uh, it's uh, very well attended and that not too many Ashley dollars get taken out of your bank. Me too, because so. <laughs> I, def- I was definitely the casualty at my last meetup game. <laughs> <laughs> the, the cost of doing business and having all these fans, I guess. Um, Shells wants to know, Ashley, um, you know, you did allude to it a little bit before. Uh, I'm wondering if that's still the case today. What do you like to do away from the poker tables? Oh, I love these questions. I have a lot of interests outside of poker. I like to work out. I love to write music, play the piano. Um, I love video games. I'm a super nerd. So I play a lot of Warzone. (laughs) Um, And uh, what else do I like to do? Oh, I love to eat. I'm a super foodie. I'm a super foodie. I love like trying new restaurants. I love scratch kitchens. I like nice restaurants, things where, where you can go and explore and have a whole experience you know, so, uh, yeah, all those things, not really an outdoorsy person. I don't hike or anything, especially in Arizona. It's like way too hot hot here, (laughs) but yeah, I like working out and playing basketball, like shooting around Mm -hmm. those types of things. Um, hanging out with my family and my friends definitely up there and, um, yeah, just all those things. Nice. That's wonderful. I'm going to piggyback off that one and just sort of ask, well, with all of those different interests and playing poker and, you know, the vlog, you know, there's a lot of time commitments you have to make and a lot of, you know, freedom to use your time, how you choose. Um, How do you do that? How do you maintain sort of that discipline, but also that balance of, you know, doing the things that you need to be committed to, but also having that, you know, that downtime to sort of give yourself that, that recharging ability? Right. That's a great question. And honestly, I'll be so honest with you. That is the biggest struggle I'm having right now because I don't have a nine to five. Like I don't have to be somewhere at a certain time. So like, it's really hard to kind of structure a schedule. And plus my schedule is different every single day. Like today I'm doing a podcast and, you know, later I'm doing a poker coaching session and then tomorrow I'm going to go record a vlog and then I'm coming home to edit it. Like every day is different and it's been a real challenge to kind of figure out what works for me, not like Mm. what everyone else is doing or what, what's working for everyone else, but like what, what will work for me and my schedule and my time and my sleep schedule. And just, it's, it's been a struggle. So it's something I'm definitely still trying to figure out, but 
I think the biggest thing is just making sure I get the big things done for the day and then, you know, checking those big boxes and then whatever else, you know, I have time for, I'll, I'll try and get done. And also having free time, like, like you said, like having, having the balance is, is tough. It's very, very Mm -hmm. challenging. A lot of people really don't understand how time consuming and uh, vlogging is and editing because you're not only like trying to go play poker and win money, but you're thinking about the vlog, the content, the shots, the editing, like there's just the note taking, you have to take constant notes. Like there's just so much that goes into it. And then the post-production when you get home and I have to like, you know, do the voiceovers, like it's a lot, it's a lot. And then traveling, like I was in Austin a lot, flying out to do meetup games and, you know, all these things like be on live streams. Um, it's, it's, it's a challenge for sure. So I think I go through periods where I'm like constantly going, going, going and Mm -hmm. not taking time for myself. And then I get burnt out and then I need like a full week or two to like Mm. recharge and feel. So I need to like find a balance to like, okay, take a day, then get back to work, then take a day, you know, so like a normal human being. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being so open about that. That's, that's great. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, not all of us are vloggers, obviously, but I think that's a, something that perhaps a lot of people could be struggling with as content, content creators, or whether we even do have, you know, nine to five jobs or, you know, and then struggling, you know, home life balance. That's, you know, the, Right. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's, um, also I get asked the question a lot, like how do you avoid like tilt or burnout and all Mm. those things? And I say balance, like if, if I put all my eggs in one basket and poker is my life and it's everything, it's going to crash and burn because there's so many highs, there's so many lows. So you can't ride those highs and those lows. You have Mm. to have a balance. So it's important to have friends, to have a, a social life, to have other interests, you know, like I play video games and talk with my friends and yell at a video game, you know, at night. for an hour. And, and that's my way of like, you know, just getting away from things. Because if I focus on, oh my gosh, this guy tilted me so bad at the tables today. Like I can't, I'm just like, you got to be able to have perspective and balance outside of poker. It is just paramount. You have to. Uh, very, very important message. And we're going to end off with this last question from shells. I say this one for last, uh, cause I, I love it. And I think, you know, especially now that we've taken this this journey through this, uh, you know, through this interview. It's a very apropos. Uh, Shells asks, Ashley, you seem to have a lot of positive energy in your vlogs. How do you remain so positive? And I will just add my own little spin on that is positivity. I mean, you, you mentioned it yourself also, you, you know, that's one of the things you try to do in your vlog to spread those great messages. That's not something you can bluff. And, you know, from speaking with you for the last hour plus, I can tell that it's very, very genuine. So uh, I'm just adding a further seconded great question, Shells. Please, I'd love to know that answer. (laughs) Um, I think it just goes back to being instilled in me from the time I was little and my parents and my upbringing is, you know, loving others, spreading hope, love, joy to people. Mm. Um, the world doesn't need more negative energy and more negative things. It needs a positive message. And that's the only way we can see growth and change in the world. And if I can be a tiny part of that, like that means everything. I had one guy come up to me in Austin. I was playing at the lodge poker room out there. And this guy came up to me. He's like, Hey, I watch your vlogs. I want to share something with you. And 
And I was like, okay, he pulls me aside and he's like, I had just gotten back from Iraq and I was in the mm. military and I was going through such a dark time and something just told me to Google or to YouTube uh, poker vlogs and your vlog came up and he, he basically said, I my vlog pretty much pulled him out of this deep depression because wow. of like, yeah, so those are the things that like I live for. Like that's why I have my vlog for for people like that to spread those kinds of messages and and give hope and love and and those sorts sorts of things. So um wow. yeah, and that's happened many times. I've had many people come up to me. And so that's the whole like thing I was saying where like something was missing for me in poker. Mm. So my vlog has kind of given me that like that that avenue, that that venue to just like you know, give back to people and spread that message of positivity. So it, it doesn't really come from me. It's just more of like, a, you know, life is so big and it's so much bigger than poker. It's so much bigger than a poker vlog. So like, you know, reaching people and, and giving a good message is like, that's the end all for me. You know, it goes beyond poker. So. Wow. The fantastic last question and a, a phenomenal last answer there from Ashley Frank. <laughs> Thank you all for sending questions in for her. And again, uh, just a friendly reminder to all of you out there in the Cards Chat community. We would love to see you submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Guys, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word via your social media channels if you like the show. Uh, Ashley, I will just uh, chime in one more time and say this has been been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm really, really happy we got to speak to each other for the last hour plus. Uh, anything else you'd like to share uh, with our audience before we let you go? Um, just uh, check out my YouTube channel if you haven't yet. Let me know what you guys think. I, I, you know, I'm trying to grow the channel, and it'd be nice to get some more viewers and subscribers. So if you guys are interested, uh, please uh, check out my YouTube channel. Also, if you want to follow my daily life, I post daily stories and updates on Instagram. You always know what I'm up to, whether it's poker or anything else, really. Um, at pokerface underscore Ash. Um, but thank you so much for having me. This was a true pleasure. Um, you've been amazing host, and uh, I. It's been one of the coolest podcasts I've been on. So just like fluid and able to just kind of talk and stuff. So I appreciate uh, you having me. This was a blast. Thank you, guys. Hey, I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, thank, thank you again, Ashley. Thank you all for tuning in once again to another episode of the Cards Chat Podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.